Welcome to another life-impacting message from City Light Church. You can find more great content like this online at citylight.church. It's my uh, pleasure to welcome you again to uh, City Light North Adelaide. Uh, And on behalf of the launch team, I just want to say a huge thank you to all of our friends, our family, uh, our supporters. Uh, Your prayers, your encouragement, uh, your giving and your serving is what uh, God has used to make this new church community that's forming a reality. So uh, we just want to thank you for that. Uh, We here at City Light North Adelaide, I hope I'm not too bold to say this, but we are absolutely crazy about Jesus. I know that might be mind-blowing, but we love him, we believe he's God, we want to follow him, and so tonight on this, the official public launch of this new church, there is nothing more that I want to do than to preach about Jesus and his gospel. This church exists because of Jesus, this church exists for Jesus. And so we're going to read the scripture, uh, and then I'm going to pray for us, and then I have the absolute privilege of preaching to you about Jesus. Is that all right? All right. Let's uh, read the scripture and we're going to pray. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that we can gather here under your name tonight. We pray as we open up this word, uh, in one sense a simple gospel message, but something we never want to forget. May you build us up and remind us of your glorious grace, your wonderful gift of your son Jesus that you have given to us. We pray that as we uh, open up this word and, and look at your gospel, that you would come and enliven our hearts again, something many of us will have heard before, but We pray you help us to hear it with fresh ears every time and a fresh heart every time. Lord, we pray by your Holy Spirit you would come and speak to us now. Amen. You may not know this, but I think if you just journey with me for a moment, you'll see this idea I put out there, that that we all want to be new or at least different. There's not too many people that are completely satisfied with where they're at in life. And we know this because if you just look at Australia alone, the self-help industry in Australia is worth $12 billion a year, which is nuts. Australians spend $8.5 billion a year on gym memberships. Everyone knows that that's kind of in January and then no one even goes for the rest of the year. They also spend that on exercise and fad diets, and we are still one of the largest nations on earth. And all of that just makes us depressed, which is why we as a nation spend a little over $14 billion a year on alcohol. 
roughly $8 million on various counselling services and an equally huge sum on entertainment. Now, I'm not saying any of these things are necessarily bad things to, to buy or to spend your money on, but I think it's because we all in our heart know that we need to, in a sense, be better and we're trying to get there. We want to improve ourselves. But reality is, I cannot be better and you cannot be better simply by ourselves. Sure, we can fiddle around the edges, but the truth is we actually need change from the core, from the inside. And that, my friends, is the huge difference between either religion or self-help and Jesus. Religion and self-help is all about what we can do to make ourselves better. Self-help might say, eat this, drink this disgusting green liquid for breakfast in the morning or whatever it is, and these are the five things that successful people do, and follow all these things and do all these things and you will arrive. You will have made it. And religion also says if you, if you follow these rules, if you live this way, maybe you'll be a good person. And maybe God will love you, and maybe, if you're lucky, there'll be an afterlife for you. Jesus is completely different. Because what he teaches and what he knows is that our problem is not, in fact, our behaviour in and of itself. Like somehow we just need the right behaviour modification and we'll be okay. He knows that the problem actually goes right to our core. It's our hearts that need to be made new. I don't know if you've had this experience. Uh, I do the shopping for our family, so I get get this experience. Uh, I would like to say weekly, but almost daily. Who who else just goes to the shops all the time? Never forget, never remember to get everything. But has anyone else selected a nice red shiny apple? Like the the glow of the supermarket fluoro hits it just right, and you know this is the one. I have to have this apple, and I, I want to feel and taste the, the sweetness, the yummy apple juice running down my chin, if you're a messy eater. And you, you take the apple, and you take that juicy bite, but alas, it's actually brown inside. Just, I think a few chuckles, you've had this experience, it's slowly rotting. And what's happened is that the clever people in the shops have covered it in wax, this outer coating, and who knows what else. That's why you wash them, right? And they've made it look pretty on the outside, but inside it's rotten to the core. You are that apple. I am that apple. Our efforts to be good people, to be religious people, or to improve ourselves are like putting wax on that apple. Some people are very good at this. Some of us are better than others. You know, religious people even use the right coloured crown for the wax and get the red just right. Outside, we look delicious. But inside, we're all broken. 
And we run around madly trying not to let anyone see what we know is inside by coating ourselves in this wax, our good deeds, our self-help, trying to be good people. All the while, knowing that there's a problem. And that's that we need to be made new. And the good news is that in Jesus, what he's done, you can be made new. Verse 17 of our scripture passage says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And we need to be made new. You may have heard it said that the church is for religious people. But religion is all about our efforts to put on that wax coating, to make ourselves pretty enough, good enough for God through our efforts. Jesus is the complete opposite of that. He's the God who came down to us as we are, regardless of how he finds us. Jesus isn't about making bad people better. He's about making dead, rotten people alive. We don't need to be better. We need to be made new. Yes, it's true. When he has you, Jesus will work in your life and he'll change you and he'll make you to be more like him and that's patient and humble and gentle and kind and and bold, perhaps. But he actually works all this out in our lives not to make us lovable, but because in Jesus he already loves us. He already loves us because of who he is. Religion starts at your outside and Jesus starts at the inside. Jesus takes you and he changes you but you don't need to hide anymore. You don't need to put on a glossy exterior. You are being made new. And so you come to Jesus, you come as you are, and he takes you and he works in you and he softens you and you begin to change. But in starting this church, what I want to remind us of is that it's also not just about you. And this is important because in planning this church, it's important for us to remember that God is in fact working this out over a whole bunch of people. The church is actually just a body of people saved by Jesus who are being made new. And I know so many people who've worked away from, who have walked away from church because they've been hurt by other Christians. And the truth is that just like the birth of a child, being born again, as Jesus calls it in John 3, or made new, it's a messy process. There's blood, there's tears. Someone might even pass out on the floor. It's messy. I I once heard a pastor say, uh, the church is full of snakes and liars. And the good news is, there's always room for one more to slither in. The only sense by which a Christian is perfect is by the fact that we're covered in Jesus' righteousness, as we'll talk about a bit later. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't some genuine reasons to leave a church, but, but the church being full of broken people isn't one of them. There is no perfect church out there that you could join. In fact, reality was, is that if there was a perfect church, the minute you joined it, it wouldn't be perfect anymore because of you. So remember not to expect more 
than a church full of broken people who Jesus is making new. Remember to extend the grace to one another that Jesus has extended to you. That they're all a work in progress like you. We are broken and we need to be made new because our sin and our brokenness stands between us and God and separates us from him. And we're broken because we don't want to live his way. We reject him. We like, in a sense, we like our brokenness. We like the things that we like. We like to not always do what God wants us to do. And we need reconciliation, repair in our relationship with God because it's broken. We have a good friend, a loving father, who made a beautiful world for us to live in and who made other people for us to live in community with. And what did we do? Like a toddler with a texture on Nana's freshly painted wall, we wrecked the joint. We spit in God's face. We don't want to live the way he wants us to live. Isaiah 59, 1-3 describes this writing, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear, which is wonderful. He says, But your inequities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear, for your hands are stained with blood and your fingers with guilt. Your lips have spoken falsely and your tongue mutters wicked things. All of us turn away from God. All of us have things inside ourselves that are rotten, that are broken, that want to reject God. And none of us can fix ourselves by ourselves. There is hope though. Verse 18 says, All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Well, how did he do that? We drop down to verse 21. It gives a more in-depth explanation of exactly how Christ did this. It says, He made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of Christ. Now, if any of you understood that first go, you're doing better than me, right? That's pretty wordy. But this is describing something that theologians call the great exchange. And it's this. Jesus takes our sin and our brokenness. He carries it to the cross. He deals with it by dying for it, the punishment that you and I deserve. And three days later, he rises, defeating sin and death. And then Jesus, he clothes us or gives us his righteousness, his right relationship with God. He takes his holiness, his spotlessness, his perfection, and he covers us in it literally hides us in him so that we're now covered in him so that we are seen by God the Father the same way God the Father sees Jesus. That's what he did for us on the cross. I was trying to think about this a little bit more and I imagine two identical twin brothers. I don't know if anyone knows some identical twins. It's so confusing. I have to confess the ones I do know, I pretty much still can't tell them apart. Two identical twin brothers. Their father goes away for a few years and and while he's away, one of the brothers works hard, maintains 
his father's business, grows his father's empire, makes a good name for himself. The other brother kind of spits on the name of his father. He does nothing good with his life. In fact, he makes an infamous name for himself, a bad reputation. The brothers hear that the father is soon going to return and will reward them or punish them for the life that they've lived. Upon hearing this, the second brother flips out. He despairs. He's quickly scrambling to make it all up. Like he's running around to soup kitchens. He's going to orphanages. He's doing all the good works he can muster. But nothing can change what he's done. His name has been stained. His reputation is out there. The first brother, seeing the second in his distress, comes to him, swaps identities with him, gives his brother his reward, and takes his brother's punishment. It's just a little bit like that, but so much more. What Christ has done for us. All his good counted to you by his work on the cross. All of the things that we have done to spit in the face of the Father, to hurt each other, to run away from God, given over to Jesus and dealt with, wiped away white as snow. Jesus lives the life that we cannot live by ourselves and and takes the punishment we deserve. We put on Christ. We are clothed in Christ. We are covered in his righteousness. Galatians 3.27 says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Colossians 3 verses 1 to 4 puts it as being hidden in Christ. It says, If you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also appear with him in glory. You can be made new because Jesus has reconciled you to God, restored you to God, and it's not by anything you've done, but by faith alone in what Jesus has done for you. And God is in fact in the process of working this out over the world. It says he's reconciling the world to himself. And he's using the church to do this. The church is not a building. The church is not an institution. Sometimes the church owns buildings or the church runs some institutions, but the church is actually the reconciled people of God. The people who are being made new. 1 Peter 2, 9-10 says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a people for his own possession, a holy nation, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvellous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We are God's people that he is working out this new creation in, this new heart, this new being, simply by an act of Jesus swapping our sin for his righteousness and working in our lives. What's more, he invites us into this. 
Verse 20 goes on, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What's more than this? As if it wasn't enough. As if God coming and and finding us and, and accepting us as we are, no matter the state of our hearts, as if that wasn't enough, he then also says, hey, every day for you is is come to, dad with, come to work with Dad Day. Come and do what I do. Be a part of it. As if it isn't enough for him to simply have us in his kingdom, in his family. He actually says, you know what? Because of what I have done for you, because I now see you as Jesus, as I see Jesus, because of that, you are worthy to walk with me. Not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus has done. Walk with me and come do what I do. It's amazing. We are his ambassadors. God making his appeal to the world through us. Not because you're awesome, but because he's awesome. We represent him. And Jesus, Jesus talks about this in another way in Matthew 5. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. He goes on and says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And some wonderful people have have made some banners for us to remind us of these things week in, week out. Church, we want to be reminded that we are new people that we are reconciled people, that we are to be people with a mission, to be ambassadors in the world for Jesus. Good ambassadors know that it's not actually about them. We represent someone else. Can you imagine for a minute, and I know that this probably isn't so far-fetched, given some of the news stories that come out about this stuff sometimes. But if there was an ambassador from another country, or maybe one from our own sent to another country, who got the impression that it wasn't their job to represent their country, but in fact to represent themselves. They wouldn't be a very good ambassador. If they took on the role, took on the job, to raise their own profile because they wanted to get on Big Brother, I don't know. (laughs) Whatever crazy thing people do. In the same way, we are ambassadors for Christ, not for ourselves. City Light North Adelaide, I want you to know that we are ambassadors for Christ, not for City Light North Adelaide. Sure, we want to build this church. We want people to to come here and to hear about it, but not so that we're awesome, but so that we can make much of Jesus and that we can show him to be awesome. We're not here about ourselves. We're not even here about our city. We love our city. We want more churches in this city. But ultimately, we want our city to know Jesus. You know, I, I will uh, meet other pastors and I will tell them how wonderful Adelaide is. I brag about Adelaide because I, I think Adelaide gets a bit beaten down and downtrodden. But you know what? Our city rocks. But in doing that, maybe it's not actually about how good our city is. I want to I be bragging. I want to be telling the things that God is doing here and making much of Him. 
Good ambassadors know it's not about them. We represent someone else. We need to be a church that's about Jesus and not about ourselves. City Light North Adelaide is not the point. Jesus is the point. And people visiting here today, I want to encourage you, your church is not the point. Jesus is the point. He's the point. Secondly, good ambassadors live amongst the people that they're sent to. Now, I don't know if you've met any ambassadors from other nations here in Australia. I certainly haven't. And it's, uh, if James Bond movies are anything to go by, it's probably because I don't go to enough art gallery openings or like high society events. I'm pretty sure that's where all the ambassadors are hanging out. Anyone here an ambassador? No. Nah, if I meet one, I'll ask. All right. Well, you're ambassadors for Christ. There you go. So you all should have put your hand up. Anyone here an ambassador? All right, there we go. That's better. But the point is that God's people are actually meant to be met by people. People are meant to meet God's people. If we're ambassadors, we need to be showing someone or, or some, something Christ. It's no good being an ambassador to yourself. It's no good being, you know, an ambassador doesn't live in the country that they come from. An ambassador goes out into other places amongst other people and tells them about their nation. You who are in Christ are citizens of heaven. We need to live amongst the people we're sent to, to be ambassadors to. And so City Light North Adelaide, that's what we're going to do. We don't just want to gather Christians in this building and tell each other like how wonderful Jesus is, although we will do that to encourage each other. We want to scatter amongst the city. We want to live amongst our people, the people, our neighbours, the people we work with, the people we study with, the people we eat lunch next to at Zambreros down the road. We want to show them Christ. We're not here to make a holy Christian huddle. We're here to be ambassadors. And we want to live amongst the people we're sent to. And finally, good ambassadors know the message and they stay on message and they represent their country clearly. City Light North Adelaide, this could put me in for a world of pain, but I want to say this. If, if I ever move on from Jesus and make church about someone or, or something other than Jesus, please somebody slap me. You need community. We need community. You need a good friend willing to slap you for when you move on from Jesus. Not that I condone violence, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Church, we never, ever, ever outgrow the gospel. We just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into who Jesus is and what he's done for us. There is no other gospel. There is no other good news. We can tell of the things that Jesus is doing in and through our community and the way he's changing hearts and lives. But the gospel is about Jesus. The church is about Jesus, and if it's not about Jesus, it's not the church. We've got to stay on point. Good ambassadors know the message, they stay on message, and they represent the kingdom clearly. You are ambassadors for Christ.
We never, ever, ever outgrow the gospel. We always want to be about the gospel. We always want to make much of Jesus. And that's what we're here to do. So if you're here from another church, I encourage you, when you meet next Sunday or throughout the week in your church, be about Jesus. If you're here and you don't have a church, come here and be about Jesus with us. Or find a great church and be about Jesus there. If you are a Christian, if God has made you new and if he is uh, ransoming you, if he has uh, made you a new creation, is working in your life, you are the church. You need to find a body of believers to belong to, to encourage you, to help you stay on message, to help you live amongst the people as a good ambassador for Christ. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you didn't stay far off, but you came and entered into our mess and our brokenness, and you weren't afraid of that. That you saw behind the the fake walls and the sheen and the the way we try and polish up our life. You see beyond that, God, and you see the real us behind that. And we thank you that you love us regardless of where we're at. But that you love us too much to leave us there and you want to transform us to be more like you. Jesus, we pray that you would work in this church and in the churches across our city to help us make much of you. We want to pray that many people in our city would hear about you, Jesus. That you would use us, that you would let us work with you to help you bring them into your kingdom. We know that's what you want to do. We know that's what you're calling them to. We pray you move through our city. We pray you move in us and continue to make us soft to your gospel and never forget it. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from City Light Church. We hope you found it helpful and we'd love for you to share this message with others. For more great content, more information about City Light Church or to donate to the work of City Light Church, visit us online at www.citylight.church.